Welcome to The Call to Create. I'm your host, Charlie Teal, and today we get to sit down with Eli Goodall, one of two guys behind a new music and arts fest here in Central Oregon, January 31st and February 1st, called Dark Night of the Soul. It's helping destigmatize and bring support to people dealing with depression and mental health issues. So here's our conversation with Eli. Sitting down today with Eli Goodall, phenomenal local artist, musician, producer of cool events, man of many talents, or at least we'll say Sweet. many talents. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I, I, I think it would, one, two, three, four, it might take more than one hand. I oh, think, wow. Yeah, you can say wow. many. Okay. Multi, multi-hand <laughs> talents. Multi-hand. <laughs> yeah. Which is something else, too. <laughs> Right, but then yes, that's not the topic. The topic of today's show. So, what the cool thing I do want to that obviously the big thing that's on your that's on your horizon is the festival you have coming up. It's the end of end of February. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, end of January. End of January. The first of February. Of February. So right. the the last day and the first day. So why don't you give us just a little overview of what the yeah. festival is, what it's all about, um, what it's called, where it is, all of that. So it's called Dark Night of the Soul Festival. Okay. Um, it's January 31st. Uh, it kind of starts the evening of, and then it goes throughout the day on February 1st. Um, and it's a music and arts festival. And kind of it's all centered around uh, suicide awareness. Okay. And then... Um, I think mental health and depression too, and the idea of, of bringing those to a point where our community and not just our artistic community, but I think our community in large feels comfortable mm-hmm. discussing those things. Um, I mean, my friend, uh, my friend, uh, Kevin Wright, who's who's in on this whole planning thing too, and he runs. <laughs> he's our he's our ghost. <laughs> he's our invisible yeah our invisible guest. Uh, here. Yeah, like the the he's the force ghost. <laughs> right. That show we'll edit him. That's we'll awesome. edit him in later. Right, just yes. nodding approvingly. Just, we'll just green screen him yeah. in later. Yeah. Um, we we've talked <clears throat> about doing something like this for a while. I think we had an evening. Um. I mean, this year, but almost a year ago, it was in January of 2019. We just had an evening that we did, um, and we did it over at Spoken Moon. I think we just had a, a couple bands play. Um, we had, there was almost, not quite an open mic, but kind of an open mic thing that started out. We, um, word, I think word got out that we were doing it, and I was contacted, but I, I, I'm not going to remember her name. Um <laughs> Sorry. But the yeah the the mother of a high school student over at Ben High contacted me and uh, her I think a couple years before that event her son had been friends with a student at Ben High who chose to commit suicide okay um, and so he was really impacted by that and so she found out about this event and. When it had happened, he's a musician and he had actually written a song for it. And so we had him come and share. And I think that that format to that open mic format is something that um, we've considered kind of introducing to into the larger festival too. There's an art walk portion okay. during the day on Saturday. Okay. Um, 
where I think a big part of bringing the community together under stuff like this too is feeling like they're playing a part and getting to share their own story too. Um, I think that probably the easiest way to make someone comfortable talking about mental health or suicide is to be able to share their own experience with it. So having to talk to other people's experience. Right. Um, as we definitely live in an era where kind of all these different things um, that might not fall into the blanket of what would be considered normal. Um, what, what we've sort of maybe thought as a culture or society are, are these fringe things, whether it's mental health or women's rights or minorities or all that are now beginning to make their way into the the mainstream of culture and become obviously a big point of contention too because a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about that stuff um and i think the easiest way into it is to share your own experience with Mm -hmm. it too and so if you created a a festival or an event with kind of this at its core um the idea of creating creating an atmosphere where that's comfortable to talk about in your community it starts with lots of people feeling um empowered to come forward and share their own stories with it because mm-hmm. um, otherwise you just kind of sit on the fringes and you're like I can't come talk about this because no one else is talking right, about right, it and right. I feel weird and, right yeah 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 well and <clears throat> what I like about the approach you're taking which is something I've never heard of before is you're like it's a festival like it's music yeah. and it's art and it's celebration and it's I think that will it's a brilliant way to help destigmatize yes depression so, and mental totally. health and the discussion of these <laughs> if, problems if uh when we edit force goes kevin and over here just have him nodding enthusiastically because <laughs> that was actually should his i big, ask a question <laughs> yeah. of kevin? so kevin <laughs> so, um and you can when, just be like well <laughs> um when we I, if i'm answering as kevin i should have a slightly better posture um <laughs> When we first started talking about this festival, that was one of, and it's, it's, um, I'm really glad that he made this a core thing in the festival too, because I, I think it will probably also resonate with a lot of people. It's a lot easier to create um, kind of the freedom to talk about it or a little bit more comfort if it seems less intense initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, it's a really heavy thing to walk into a conversation or event that starts with, uh, some, my best friend killed themselves or, uh, my spouse is struggling with mental health and they like, it's, that's a heavy, heavy thing to walk into. And I think his idea initially was that because of that, that heaviness, it's one of the things that makes approaching this, this topic so difficult for a community kind of, talk about is if you kind of go at it from the angle of where we're going to celebrate. Um, and the reason that we're going to celebrate is because those of us who are left here, uh, let's celebrate what we have. Let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate um, the fact that we can all come together and let's celebrate the fact that we're all here walking with each other through mm-hmm. like whether we're aware of it or not as a, <clears throat> as a species or even as a culture or like as a, as a community, I guess even as Bend, Oregon, we're, we're walking in a web where all the things that we do in small ways go out and affect everyone else that we live in this, in this community with in very practical ways. Um, and 
if if you buy into it very spiritual ways too mm -hmm. um where everything is kind of a web that affects everything else um and i think his the the core idea of wanting to make it a celebration was um it it gave space i th i think the thing that made it click for me the most is that because I would have without without Kevin's, I probably would have come at it from a little bit more somber angle. Okay. Um, which I think wouldn't have been the right approach. Which if if Force Ghost Kevin was here, I think that's why it makes us a good team. Okay. For producing okay. something like this, is is the balance um, coming at it from this this angle of celebration for me just reinforces this idea that um, grief and joy are these two kind of extreme emotions that we experience as human beings. Right. And if we don't find ourselves able because of, um, because of our own, our own issues, um, or our own circumstances, if we don't find ourselves fully able to experience one, it becomes hard to fully experience the other right. two. Yes, yes, um, yes. Which I, th I think is a pretty, a pretty commonly accepted thing. I mean, if you stop and sit with it and realize, and you're, the, the deeper you experience grief, the greater it is than to experience an equal, if not greater amount of joy, and, and right. vice versa. The greater joy you experience, the, the more grief can hit. And I think to have a festival that at its center is about celebration and joy also... Um, potentially opens up the space too for people to um, experience a level of connection with their own grief and their experience with mental health right. or depression or suicide too. Um, I was gonna maybe save this for a little, but it seems like the right. I think the whole the whole festival could be summed up of this idea. There's this um, there's this folktale. Uh, about a woman and um, she lives alone sort of towards the edge of town in this, in this little hut and she lives a pretty happy life and she's satisfied and balanced. But every, every time when the night comes, um, it, it, the, the darkness comes down on her and she goes through wave after wave of grief and the darkness is just too much to bear at night. Um, and it gets to the point to where she doesn't feel like she can handle it anymore. And so um, one day a neighbor comes over and they're speaking um, and she opens up and she says, you know, I, I know that I have this life and I know that everyone sees me through a window and this lens of here's what I have, but every night this comes and I'm alone and I go through this night or this darkness and it's, I can't. I can't go through it anymore. Right, right. And so I, th I think the next time that this darkness comes at night, that that will be it for me. And I'm there's these woods on the other end of town, and I'm going out to the woods, and I'll I'm going to walk into the lake, and I'm going to drown myself just because I have to do something to escape this right, this right. weight that comes at night. And the neighbors, her friend, very very distressed. Um, and the neighbor does what they, they can to comfort her, but 
she she can't really be comforted and the neighbor leaves and so um the night comes again and she lights a candle and she steps outside of her outside of her home and out there as she steps out on the porch she sees all her neighbors gathered and they all have their own candle um and this really this really affects her and her friend that she spoke to early in the day steps forward and says you know we're not going to use violence to stop you from doing this. We're not, we can't, there's, we understand that there's nothing that we can do to help you abate this grief. This right, is something that right. you experience, but we all thought that we would come and at least walk with you to the wood. And obviously this is a very powerful experience for her, but it doesn't make the darkness go away. And right. so okay. they be, they begin walking and <clears throat> It's very silent and very somber, and, and they gather at the edge of the woods, and she goes through the woods, and everyone else remains outside. And as she gets through the woods into the lake, and she begins to walk into the lake, these ripples kind of start to spread outwards, but it's very transparent, and she can see the reflection of the stars down on the lake, and she thinks to herself, well, they walked with me with the candles, and I see these lights from up above, which are maybe my ancestors holding candles as well. And for tonight, tonight there's enough light that I think I can make it through. So she leaves the lake and she comes back to the group of people and they, they don't say anything. They just, they walk with her and she returns to her house. Um, and the next night come and the thing the same thing happens. She walks out into her porch and now there's a larger group of people. People have heard about what's happening. They've come to join this group of people, and some people don't even know the woman. Some people don't even know what they're there for. They've just come right. to this gathering of people. Right. They saw the light, they came. Um, <clears throat> and the same thing, they walk to the edge of the wood. Everyone remains there. She goes through the woods into the lake. She sees the reflection. It's a clear night, and she says, "Tonight, there's enough light." She goes back, and this continues night after night after night, and the crowds continue to grow to the point to where the walk there isn't somber anymore. There's groups of kids playing in the back. There's stories <laughs> right. shared. Um, it almost becomes not a celebration, but a, there are people celebrating. Right. Right. Um, and one night. This is happening, and it happens to be overcast that night. And she gets to she gets to the woods, and she leaves an enormous crowd. There's thousands of people gathered out there celebrating, and she goes in. And she begins to step into the lake, and there's no reflection of stars, but she sees the reflection of her own one light. And she sees her face, and she reflects back on her life and on these last years of these people walking with her and the celebrations that have happened and the conversations that have happened. And then she looks back up at her candle and she thinks to herself with the one candle, which is her own, that tonight there's enough light. There's enough light. And she returns to the group and, um, and this is a thing that continues happening and she joins the group no longer as the person who's being supported, but as somebody who's supporting other people, right. because other people have come and begun to join this group <clears throat> that 
didn't have enough light. Right. But they came and found it. And so I think that idea kind of sums up the whole, the whole idea of the festival. Mm -hmm. There's an amount of curation that goes into it. And then there's also just an amount of that energy of those people coming together under that idea. Right. Right. Creates its own offshoots of things. And first you have to to have some kind of a nucleus or a Mm -hmm. center Mm -hmm. to have those conversations and feel safe having those conversations. And on the, the thing, like what strikes me about that story, and about the festival is a thing that I've really come to realize in the last year is just that none of us are making it through this life by ourselves. We're just not. Yeah. (laughs) Like something is going to come along that knocks you flat on your ass and you're going to need other people there to... Yeah put you back on your feet and to keep you there and to yeah. pick you up the next time. And sometimes you're surprised by the people that those end up being yeah. in your community yeah. too. It's not, it's not yeah. always the partner or the spouse or the, it's, it's sometimes it's out of left field. Yeah. Yeah. That, <clears throat> that's definitely been my experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it, and then, then you just, you realize you're like all this time, all these people were there and you just, didn't see it yeah and it's it's an incredible gift when you're able to see that and you're able to say like yeah oh. it, the i i kind of but i mean i think that's how community is supposed to work right is it just ends up becoming this intangible unnameable web that if it's strong when you need it it appears mm-hmm Um, and it, you know, it's, it could have a specific person attached to it, or it could be a group of people and it, that could be, it, it does create this point of really powerful connection too, right? Between, between you and whoever it was or whatever the group of people that was that came along and lifted you out of that. And sometimes that's all it ends up being too, is that, that, that moment of connection. I've like, I've found in those moments, I do, it doesn't mean that I go on to be like, oh yeah, well, this is my best friend, so-and-so, and we met when the, right. yeah, yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. that happens too. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the, that's the, uh, I don't know when I, when I think about community in that <clears throat> way, that brings me a lot of really deep joy to that idea yeah, of yeah. that kind of like those you get these moments with certain people um, where they might help lift you out of something. And that might be the only moment in your one lifetime that you have that window of connection with that person, but you had it and it's almost more powerful and affecting because of that sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And it kind of makes you, I mean, you're left kind of thinking like, how did I get that lucky to have that person show up at that yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you just realize you're like, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> yeah. It just does. Yes. It, yeah, it just does whatever, uh, universal forces and chaos and luck transpire to yeah. make that occur. Yeah. But it does, it <clears throat> seems like the likelihood of it happening goes up depending on everyone's investment into that community too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're sort of building a a safety net, really, if you yeah. want to think about it like that. The the biggest thing I've learned from experiences like that is 
it has it has caused me to be far more focused on cherishing those friendships and and strengthening those connections and and trying to be there for other people when they need it yeah just because they seem to like when you need it they come out of the woodwork and you're like how did i ever get this lucky (laughs) to have people stand by me like this yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's and i think this this kind of they're like interlocking circles it it was actually funny i was like i was talking to my partner the other day because inevitably with festivals comes then your budgets and how much it costs to pull off and coordinating everything and uh i like i'm never when it comes to stuff like this usually the amount of work or energy isn't that daunting to me i whatever the case is i i I don't know if I've ever hit a point in my life where I feel like I haven't had the energy to do the thing right. that I'm trying okay. to do, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think I might be in a minority, but the thing that, um, that I have to wrap my head around the most is uh, usually budgets right. when it comes to something like this and the idea of pulling that off. And like, I know that I'm invested in it and I know the people planning, but like how to, how do we get other people right. invest in yeah. this idea too? And is this, is like, this where you balance out with Kevin? Like, is he yeah, more of the yeah, budget? He's, I think that he's better at that. I also think that I've, I think that I've, without realizing it, been learning sort of this, this thing all along that I, I actually had a conversation with, uh, my wife and I were talking the other day and she she nailed, I mean, I should give her credit. She, she nailed it. She was like, I think you're approaching it from this. You're combining this thing that you really care about. And then you're approaching it with, um, these really material goals, which necessary. I mean, like, here's your number. You have to hit this number to pay. There's three or four local artists. And then we're bringing in three out of town ones too. Um, but the out of the out of town acts for the headliners on Saturday are, are bigger and, you have these amounts or like this, these material goals that you have to make. Right. And so I'm holding in my head, these material goals and they're almost at this point because of the stress of it taking dominance over the, maybe like the spiritual, the metaphysical goals of like, this is what I'm trying to create and what I want to happen, but I have to meet this thing here. And God, what did she say? I'm not going to say it as good because she, I'm going to, I'm going to say it and it's going to be like a sloppy, sloppy boxer, like a bunch of sentences, but hers was just like a quick little throat chop. Then when she watches it just, this later, she's, she's going like, to be like, that's not I what said, I said it at so all. much better. Yeah. Um, but she was like, you're getting too wrapped up in the material side of how to make this, this thing come to light, which is where the stress is coming from. She's like, if you go back and you reset and you focus on why you want to do this, I think, I think because I was coming at it from the aspect of like, oh God, like I've got to sell this to people. Right, we've right. Got our sponsorship packets, we've got, I've got to like go and sell this to people. I'm like, here's why it's good and let me lay it out. Instead of just, I see, I know what community around this particular topic too is done in my own life and what Mm -hmm. it's pulled me out of. I know what it does. 
I know what happens when there's a lack of it. Um, I've seen what's happened to what's happened to friends and loved ones. Um, and I have a belief in this thing happening that goes beyond the the physical or the material things needed right. to make it happen. So I don't have anything to sell anyone on really. I just have to go and explain this thing because it's ideally if it if it is a good idea, then it's not something that is just individualistic to me. Right. It's a human right. thread of connection. Right, right, right. Especially something um, like this, which yeah. reaches it reaches almost everyone. I mean, no one, t like you said, no one talks no about it. Yeah. And yet everyone is affected by yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, like you say, when, when it's just something of such meaning, that's not just important to you. Like this transcends the individual. This reaches out to the community. Mm -hmm. And even those people who don't feel they are a part of the community, yes. it's going to touch them especially. Yeah. And if you can just, explain that to a potential sponsor or something they're yeah. gonna be like okay <laughs> yeah here's I a mean, check <laughs> you take you take uh you take the like intelligence and reasoning of the gods and you put that in a beautiful clumsy animal meat body and it's a recipe for depression <laughs> like cr concocting depression out of anything <laughs> but, right. um or at least there's some sort of crisis to figure out like even if it's not grand questions i i it does seem like whether it's because we're talking about it more and so it seems more um, more abundant or because we have circumstances on this planet that are making it more. But I mean, there's right, right. There's depression simply due to environmental, like let alone all the individual factors. Right. There's grand overarching. There's depression about the state of things politically. There's depression about right. the state of things economically, uh, environmentally. Like there's all these factors that just stack and and at the end of the day whether the thing that you're overwhelmed about or in grief over is is uh factually true or not right. if you believe it is yeah it's it's a subjective truth and it makes it actually true like it creates right. it creates your yeah, reality I mean, emotional stress regardless of why you feel it yes is real yes <laughs> regardless of why it's, you it's, feel it. That's why you're feeling it, yeah. Yeah. And I do think you're right that, I mean, it is it is a combination of factors, but I think we're finally reaching a point where actually talking about and being open about, honest about, individual, you know, individual struggles with mental health, depression, whatever, or a family member, or like now we're finally getting to a point where talking about it is not only accepted, it's kind of, we're finally realizing, oh, this is how you process this. Yeah. This is how <laughs> you handle it's, it. It's one of the, uh, the prescriptions for addressing it. It's, it's good to, there's like, we're talking about things more and more as a society that should be talked about, right? That have kind of been on the fringes for a while because mm -hmm they really do affect everyone, but not everyone was comfortable talking about right. them because it, they were like, am I the only one that... And there's also this combining with that, I'm, I'm not a... Like... Um, I'm not a 
social anthropologist, so I could I know that there's they probably always go hand in hand, but there's this um, this air of like no if you feel like if you don't know the language around how to talk about these things, then you also can't talk about them. Right, right. Which um, I think particular like I'll just speak to this case like particularly in this thing part of part of um, creating this conversation too is that like we're also creating a space where it's okay if you don't know the language yet to come right, and talk about right. it too which I think is essential to talking about this kind of stuff in any context no matter mm -hmm. what it is is that people have to feel people who don't like you shouldn't have to go do you should have to put in some work on your own but you don't need to feel like god like i didn't go and research all the language or all the terms right, like right. should i be talking to someone about this everyone's going to have their own viewpoints on it and i mean like it just because force ghost kevin and i are here talking <laughs> about this but it doesn't mean that we're by any means any kind of experts on mental health that right. like we have our own experience with it, our own struggles and we've watched friends struggle through that and dealt with that. Um, but I think that lends a, an incredible authenticity to what you're doing. Yes. You're like, we don't know what we're talking about other <laughs> than from our own personal yeah, experience. And like, we're open to crit. Like if, if you know more about it or you have a totally different experience, share it, share it. Yeah. And if you don't know how to talk about it and you're afraid you're going to say something that will offend someone or be awkward or feel cringy, like say it anyway. Yeah. And then we can all figure out how to do yeah. it better. And then it could unlock five other people saying something because they're like, at least it's not going to be as bad as Right. <laughs> right. You're, like, you're going to at least be the object yeah. lesson of what not to say. <laughs> Everyone else will feel less, <laughs> less constrained. Yeah. Uh, should you have the courage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did, to jump back to like how you guys got started with this, like how did the two of you, how did this conversation come about? Because it's not something that you're like yeah, hanging I, out, drinking a beer. I think our right own, um, it's, I mean. I assume you two were friends. Yeah, oh yeah. I, going so back. Kevin and I, and like in our immediate community, I think all of us have, whether it's, uh, a yearly cyclical thing or a period, a different periods of life, but have all gone through pretty heavy depression. Okay. Um, and so I think one of, one of the things that helps pull it out of it is a, especially part of the reason we're doing the festival at the end of January is because, so suicide awareness month is in September, which okay. we did do like a, we did a small show this year and we kind of, that's the end goal of this festival too, is to also throughout the year kind of throw events okay. and, okay. um, kind of things on topic and of the same sort of uh, caliber and vibe that the festival is just on a smaller scale. Right. Okay. Um, oh God, I lost my throat. <laughs> um, like how you and Kevin kind of came yes, to this. So there's always been really open conversation about depression. I think that one of the things that helps us is that the hardest portion, at least for, our community and I would imagine for most people in Bend, most people in Oregon, especially if you're if you're not a big winter sports fanatic. Right, yeah. Which I was born here and I grew up here and I'm not a big winter <laughs> so it's a 
every every winter I do like sometimes I have like a week where I'll scratch my head and I'll be like, why why am I here? And I always remember after the winter goes right. away why why I'm here. But um, I think that was part of the reason for throwing it at the end of January too. Is that's that's right. If you also if you suffer from seasonal, that's the worst time of year if right. you're suffering with seasonal depression. The hol- I mean the holidays are hard for some people too. But once the holidays are over too, then it's really it's really a gauntlet. Right. You're in this <laughs> to like make it through until, yeah. long stretch of darkness and, so I, and cold. Yeah. So I think one of the things that our, our own small community has always kind of done is we're always kind of having events like these little, these little peaks to look forward yeah. to. And um, whether that's weekly stuff, we've got a bigger thing planned out here. And I think that's a pretty human thing too, to have this stuff. It's not just stuff that keeps you busy, but it's stuff to look forward to. And, um, and I think that started it. And so when we talked, I mean, Kevin and I have talked before about throwing or having a, uh, kind of a music and arts festival here in Bend that's, um, a little different, uh, caliber is not the right word, but it's the first word that comes to mind. So Ben throws a lot of festivals. Um, yes, yes we do. And it's, it's great, and some people don't think that it's great, and some people do. <laughs> and I'm not here to make a decision on either side for... Um, either way, is, you're going to offend half Yes, the totally. And so. it, it, but they are kind of all cut from the same cloth, um, which I feel like everyone can agree on. And that's totally great, but there's definitely room for a more um, kind of an independent arts and music festival Mm -hmm. um, as far as the talent and the artists that we're bringing in, the vibe that we're trying to create. And so Kevin and I have talked way before starting this thing about doing something of that in Bend. I mean, we both kind of have a history of putting together stuff like that in creative communities and kind of being um, spearheading it. And um, (laughs) I guess essentially being good at throwing parties is, is okay. all, what we're saying, like on a grand scale. Um, or I guess a party combined with an art installation, um, right. which any really good party is an art installation. So, uh, But then it sort of came, married this idea of, you know, creating these events for ourselves in our own small community of like, mm-hmm. here's how we help battle seasonal depression or how, here's how we're getting through this particularly difficult period because this just happened personally and I need some stuff to look forward to or to kind of pull my head out of getting wrapped up in this thing. Yeah. And so those two things married and it was like, why wouldn't we create if we want, it was almost something that we wanted for ourselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then realized that it had much wider appeal than just our own little group. Yeah. And so, I th- yeah, we probably talked about it right around this same time last year. And then we kind of threw a month later, we th- or two months later, we threw that one at the end of January in 2019. It was just a night. Um, we only spent like a couple weeks, um, probably only spent a couple weeks marketing it, advertising it. And then we had over, we kind of didn't really pitch it to anyone then. We had over 100 people. Just nice. frame in and show up just the night like, of, and we were like, where the, okay. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, there's interest <laughs> yeah. in so this. I think like, around, it's not just the 12 of us. Yeah, like, I think around March of this year is when we started planning for 2020, the one that's coming up. Yeah, okay. Um, 
for this event, which it takes a lot of a lot of planning and coordination to pull off. It's definitely it's cool because I in I feel like I have a lot of other creative outlets or things that I do that I don't always get to um, collaborate on, mm-hmm. okay. um, which which for me it. It's and it's kind of like not collaborating is kind of a newer thing for me in my okay. in my creative stuff over the last like three years or so. Okay. Before that, almost everything that I've done creatively has been a big collaboration, okay. and so okay. it's there's also been a big period of self discovery in that too, which has been great. And I've learned that there are things that I like doing where I don't have to collaborate. Right, <laughs> I, um, an upside to that. Yeah, but you definitely thing. there's there's a gap missing in it, and so this is something. I mean, stuff. Even even the the smaller scale that we're doing this first year, uh, the amount of collaboration required is is intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we have I think we have weekly meetings, and we've been having them for a while about this. But even the weekly meetings, like we'll be hanging out outside of a meeting getting a drink and talking about something else and then something will pop into one of our heads and we'll be like, oh yeah, we got to get this thing here. Uh, and yeah, then it will yeah, turn cool. into a half an hour discussion of like, oh yeah, and then this needs to happen. And which inevitably then just gets rehashed at another meeting because no one's sitting there writing it down <laughs> while we're having drink, right. drinks. But yeah. Wow. So, so last year was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of spontaneous last minute. We were like, well, right. we don't have time to pull off anything of any kind of scale or, uh, or uh. our vision for it, but let's just do a night and have a few different artists that are play. I think we, we had, we had three or four, um, different visual artists contribute pieces wow. to that we okay. kind of put up around spoken moto. Um, so we I, we got some artists, uh, some visual artists, in on it that first night too. Um, but yeah, that was that was the first one. And like you threw that together, and you had like a hundred people come out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got a thing here. Yeah, we said, oh, this is a this so is what you, this is a good idea. So the, the the scary question is is how big of a thing do you think it's going to be this year? I we have we have a secret number, a secret (laughs) number that we're hoping for. And I, I think the only reason we keep it secret is for some reason it feels like, yeah, I don't know if it's just that it feels as a group, we feel too vulnerable as a group to share the number that we hope for because that way there's some sort of deniability um, publicly. If it, if it, we're like, yeah, this is what we, we plan for this. Yeah. Like this is exactly the number we were. Yeah. There's also kind of a, we don't, we have, our number and we also don't know there's been so much we haven't even really started our marketing for it yet right um, okay it's, uh, posters will start going up next week um, we'll have someone taking over our social media accounts to kind of manage those okay we just give them the content and then um, it's in, intern work um, <laughs> but it's kind of this thing where it's already feels like it's picking up so much steam because we've had people um, approach us that we don't, that are kind of not even close friends that have been right. like, hey, I heard about the thing. I'm really excited and about like, the Who thing are you? happening. Who are you exactly? And we're like, that's great. We're, um, and so it sort of feels like it, it could be 
a repeat on a much larger scale of that first night that we held. We were like, wow, a hundred right. people just crammed in here. Um, and so we kind of, we have some, it's hard to plan for stuff like that with a festival, but we do have sort of these scaled up plans with the last minute. If it feels like there's momentum mm-hmm. building and then it's a, it's a difficult question of like how much extra do you commit to anticipating this? And if you fall short, what are your losses and what you, does it jeopardize doing right. future stuff? Because you're like, we put so much energy and resources into right, this right. thing and then it didn't pan out that we're it's it's uh uh that is that is the work of these things that i wish upon no one (laughs) (laughs) well that's the stuff that you were saying your wife was like look you're getting all caught up in the material yeah earth you know grounded Mm. money-based number-based logistics-based it's it's really it's really hard not to because you feel like i have to (laughs) yeah you have you do have to it's like you have to get it and then you have to, Right. it's done. Right. Like you did it. You know what you have to meet. And then you sort of just have to like let go of it and be like, it's not going to happen if I'm just continually looking at this thing being like, this is what we have to do. Um, it's, it's a, to me, it's an unexplainable balance, but I know it when I'm in it. Right. Um, I know, you know, I know it when I'm talking about it, if I'm talking about it the way that I want to be talking about it. And if what I'm doing is like, if somebody's into this idea, I'm talking about it the right way and it's going to connect. Right. Um, and I know too, like on your website, like you have all these resources that people can tap into for suicide prevention hotlines, suicide prevention training. Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of yeah, resources. Yeah, we just that, that that was a really important thing to us too. I mean, have like I said earlier, like we're not we're not experts on this. Neither <laughs> like, of us I are. I'm not a therapist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're like, not therapists, we're not psychologists. But there are so many resources out there for um mental health for suicide awareness for depression and so kind of creating a and i i mean one of the big ones that there's there's a lot of resources for i think knowing statistics off the top of my head i think for a long time we've at the top of the statistic bracket for uh most likely to commit suicide has been i think 40 to 50 um white males has been the highest oh. bracket of, um, now I feel, which now yeah, I feel I, it at I, risk. Kevin and I are approaching <laughs> that too. And we're like, Oh God, the, does that mean we're on a clock? Right. Um, I should watch out. For I that. do think I don't like, I looked over statistic and it's kind of hard to get. It's any statistic can like present whatever you want it to present depending sure. on who you but I also, there's a huge trend um, in LGBTQ teen suicide right, as well, right. um, which the, I think, I mean, I think these two, these two things kind of relate. There's, um, that's another big topic that you're kind of bringing in then to, to this whole conversation on mental health and depression. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, those things are strongest when people don't feel comfortable being themselves. Um, they feel like a part of their identity has been shunned away and and you can and I think it's sometimes easier in the year 2019 to look around and be like there's so many resources and there's so much support 
outside of the LGBTQ community for that community okay. and acceptance. But I think something else you have to understand too is so much of that support outside of maybe your own small community comes from online forums. There's no, right. and so there right. are all these resources. There's resources like the Trevor Project, which is great. That's for LGBTQ teens, I think. 14 to 24, 15 to 24, I don't remember, but they kind of have an age like bracket. Yeah. Teen to yeah. early 20s. Um, and the, age the Trevor Project is great. There's Trans Lifeline. Okay. Um, we have a bunch, all those, that stuff listed on our website too. But there, there's also, and those things are amazing and they do great work, but there's also that immediate need kind of for every community to have a physical group of people outside of your friend circle sure. to be like, Come, right, come in, right, right. come in and be yourself. Um, and I think that's the goes full circle back to like come in and celebrate who you are and mm -hmm. all of you and what you've gone through, right. and then you feel free to grieve too. Um, yeah. And it's it's that what we were talking about before of people that come out of the woodwork to support you when you're really hurting. Yes. And, and it's your surprise. You know, you're trying to develop that local yeah. community of people. It's like you don't necessarily need to know them well. Yeah, there's. it's such a, like, de I mean, if you want to just talk about depression, that's such a prevalent thing in human beings yeah. that everyone, regardless of your background, experiences, mm -hmm. you know, most people, regardless of your background, will experience depression or have like immediate experience with someone very close to them who right. has. Right. Um, so you kind of get all these, these things coming together that you want to create space for. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of the, the work of the festival too, is creating space for all this stuff where people feel comfortable for that. Um, so that's a lot of like, that's a lot of uh, these weekly meetings too is talking about how to create space for that and making sure that everyone, that's kind of like the behind the curtain stuff that uh, not everyone knows about all that went into making sure that we're, but if you're there experiencing it, you, f you feel it, you know it. So it's kind of uh -huh. all this behind the curtains planning that took place that creates a space where emotionally it just feels correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So the, how many musical, how many music acts? Six. Six music Yeah, six. So acts. we've got three local and three, um, three. three, they're all West Coast artists. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, the, the music on Saturday goes from five to 10. And then there's, there's after parties both nights too. So Friday and Saturday night, there's after parties okay. um, that are DJed. But there's, I think, uh, Heavy Light is a local act that's playing. Um, there's another band called Tang that's playing. Okay. There is uh, Late Cube, who is another out-of-town one that we're bringing in. Uh, this Island Earth is playing. And then our two headliners are Water Strider, um, and they're kind of from the Bay Area. And then The Session, who's also from the Bay Area. And th we actually just brought them up um, the session came through in September okay. for an event that we did too, actually, and played nice. over at Volcanic. Nice, um, but they're they're awesome. And do these do these acts like are they are they just acts that you 
you know, you're like, these would be fun folks to have play. Yeah, I is think around the idea of celebration, I mean, the, the, the genres are all, there's kind of a, a, a really good curve to the night. It's pretty curated um, as far as kind of the vibe of everyone and where we kind of felt like it was going if we laid out the lineup this way. Um, most of the closing acts do have a pretty strong um, electronic leaning. Okay. Too. Um, it's definitely as the night progresses, it gets more and more danceable too. Okay. <laughs> which kind of fits the theme of celebration. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the the session is like a, as not to pigeonhole them. It's kind of like uh, this this blending of neo soul and electronic and a little a little bit of maybe Afrobeat rhythm. They do have they have two percussionists in the band in the five piece that they've wow. got. Um, that sounds pretty. So awesome, it's really man. rhythm heavy, kind of the same thing with Water Strider. Um, so yeah, there's definitely an arc throughout the night of of going from maybe a little bit more contemplative and atmospheric, and then okay. keeping that atmosphere, but then kind of going more to a place of uh, yeah, celebration. Celebration. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then if that's not enough celebration, you have the after party. Yeah. To go celebrate further. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let the, yeah, let the revelry continue. Right, right. You're like, yeah, and then oh, and then Friday night is kind of like a a fundraising dinner, basically. Okay, so it's a that's smaller, the gala, yeah, it's a smaller headcount. Um, yes, yes. And we're doing the whole thing, not the after parties, but the rest of the thing is on uh, Oregon Spirit Distillers campus. Oh, nice. Okay. So we're throwing it all there. Um, Saturday, the the art walk itself is indoors, and then the stage is actually set up under a heated tent outside. So we've got a much bigger space okay. that we're running that out of. Um, but yeah, Friday night is there's there's a dinner and cocktail pairings and all that, um, and then there'll be an after party Friday night after that dinner. So that's kind of the initial. A lot of the art will be set up in the space. For so that are you dinner. doing the the Friday night gala thing at um, yeah Oregon Spirit too Oregon Spirit yeah. Distillers yeah. Such a cool place over there. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a great thing going. So is that like, and you said that's like the fundraising aspect of it. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of other fundraising we're doing, but that's kind of ideally that night is to create seed money for next year. Okay, yeah, I didn't know. I was going to ask if that's mm -hmm. raising money for these organizations or raising money to continue the festival. More of that, yeah. I think that with, if we find out that we have a surplus in our, in our, kind of before we even get to the point of raising seed money, then we probably right. will reach out to a, a couple of these, um, these uh, the different places that we've listed as resources on our yeah. site. We'll probably reach out to a couple of them to to donate stuff to. Um, well, and we'll definitely make sure but, to put in the show notes like all the links that you guys have on your website we'll include in oh, the that's show great. notes for this cool. stuff too. That's awesome. And thank you. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully try to spread, yeah. you know, to the, to the tens of to people the, <laughs> that, that the show reaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the idea is to create seed money for next year's festival and the year after right. that. And we would love to see it become, I mean, our, we're already steps ahead with stuff like that, but the, it's for it to become kind of a staple. And that was one of the other, initially when we looked at places, I mean, you're over here in this whole, what are they calling it? Bend Central District? Yes, the Bend no? Central District. Yeah. Yes. And so was it the Makers District for a while before that? Well, so or the Makers we District, just call it that? the Makers District is inside the Central District. Okay. We've got to do a Venn diagram here of how it all <laughs> interconnects. Um, but that was a big, because initially we talked about, we were like, well, what it would look like to, 
I mean, close off a block of Minnesota downtown and do this. Yeah, what yeah. permits would we have? You know, we'd have to go talk to the city. How much are the permits? How much are... And I think I kind of came back and I was like, well, we have this opportunity to do it over Oregon Spirit if we want. I was like, it's right in the central district, which I think is about to kind of explode with I stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's, I think it's inevitable with how much stuff is, I mean, how much stuff I know in the next year is coming into this yeah. area too, yeah. that it will happen. But I almost think that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Like I wouldn't be surprised in three or four years to have this whole area kind of transformed <laughs> with places that have come in. And, um, and that being the case, I was like, well, it kind of seems like four or five years from now, if a festival like this was happening in town, this is where we'd want it to happen anyway right, instead of right. downtown. So why not start before and kind of make it um, almost become too, too like absorbed into the community here to become yeah. like a regular thing well, that a, happens every there's year. There's a ton and, of energy behind the people that really want to see the central district. Yeah take off become and a thing. be the be the thing that yeah wants it's, it to great, do. it's great when uh creative communities and the city's interest can align like that yeah because it doesn't yeah. no normally <laughs> very often it does not yeah or you get the i mean you know what 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 i find happening is you get the support there's a lot of interest from the city about what they want to happen yeah. here and then it's just a matter of there's always the the staggered timeline of then zoning and and getting everything at the bureaucratic level to line up yeah. with the vision. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there have been things similar to what we're doing before, not around the idea of suicide awareness and and mental health and depression, but just arts and music festivals in general that have right. run up against that same right. kind of. <laughs> Uh, wall. Yeah, yeah. But is and you know, but that's actually a really good point. Like, I have never heard of any other festival. I mean, not that I'm like tied into the music <laughs> yeah. festival world, but I've never Until heard of any other festival. I was not either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all kind of. I mean, it's new territory for me too. Um, but are there other festivals that focus Cine on mental health and depression? And I feel like there are there are certainly there are certainly some really cool smaller festivals out there that are kind of around the idea really like around the idea of creating um, very free and creative space for multiple. Um, multidisciplinary artists that come in. There's one uh, down it's called Form, I think, that takes place in Arcosanti, um, which is, I don't think it's in California. <laughs> I, I used to think it was like down in Southern California and then someone corrected okay. me and said it wasn't and it was right outside like in the desert in Arizona or something. Okay. Um, there's that. There's smaller ones like there's a festival called Lightning in a Bottle Festival. Um, that I feel like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of smaller festivals, on, and I'm sure they're on the East Coast too. But I know about the West Coast ones because right, I'm here. Right. That are a lot more curated, and it's not like a huge Coachella type festival where it's like we're we're here to uh, be at Coachella. Like we're here to do this whole Coachella <laughs> thing. Um, 
that are more curated and I think more intentional with um, the artists that they invite in, the atmosphere that okay. they're trying to okay. create. I don't know of any specifically that center around also becoming kind of like a a community rallying point for something like mental health, right, right. Um, and depression. So that and it's yeah, I don't know. We we could. At, we could be pioneers or there could be 300 other people doing this in our backyard <laughs> right. and they're just not great at marketing. Right. <laughs> it, but it sounds like you want this to, you want this to grow and you want it to last and you want it to go year to year. Yeah. And... I, that, that would be ideal. Um, I think both for the for just the the caliber of the artists that we'd be able to bring through the community to, and then also for the idea of it kind of becomes, it goes all the way back to like our group of friends being like it really helps us in the winter to have these right. spikes right. of things to look forward to. If it can be a bigger thing for a larger group of people to look forward, to, that's fantastic. Right. Yeah. then we've done what we set out yeah, to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, as we sort of wrap things up, are there, well, first of all, where should people go to find out more about what you're up to, so if what they, the organization yeah, if, is up if to? If they go to the website, which is uh, com. Just not the dark night of the soul. Yeah, just dark night of the yeah dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. um, if you go there, I mean that's what has our resource page too. But it has kind of info on the festival. Um, that's where you buy tickets. So we we run it. There are also tickets available at the door. But we kind of have we've got like a all access pass for the full weekend for the right. after parties, the dinner, everything. We've got individual tickets for um, the the sh like the whole kind of main main event the festival circuit thing on saturday we've got tickets for that we've got tickets just for the dinner um there's kind of a variety of stuff there um, and i would imagine too for me as as a person who is planning this you're like please buy tickets in advance yes so that we can please, plan please. around numbers it helps us i feel like you're like if 300 people show up at the gate <laughs> yeah as a gonna... collective we're pretty good at um it kind of sussing out the energy that's surrounding it and then uh, making an educated actual numbers guess as okay. to what that might translate into. But please, please buy tickets <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's no... I don't think there's anyone playing something like this on the face of the planet that's like, yeah, just, sh just show yeah, up. You just show sure. up. Who knows? Right, Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, who cares if we've only sold 50 tickets going yeah. into the weekend and yeah. then 400 always, people show always up? Always buy tickets ahead of time. Yeah. For for everyone. <laughs> Any Anytime there's a thing with tickets and you think that, oh, I think I'll want to go to that, buy, buy the ticket. <laughs> buy the views. Just Tap advice, into the magic of the, the internet. You don't have to walk to a box office anymore. You just pull out your phone and right. buy the ticket. And then if you don't go, sell it to someone else. Right. And so it's Dark Night of the Soul... Sorry, Dark Night of the Soul Fest? Yes. Dark Night I of the Soul I think Dark Night Fest. of the Soul wasn't available. Dark I think it's, it comes, I don't know where the original, I'm sure it comes from 
instead of I think it comes from a poem. I don't remember it. It could very well be. I just always default to yeah. Shakespeare because it, then sure I sound like said it at some point. I sound far smarter in my <laughs> ignorance if I reference Shakespeare. Yeah, good old Bill. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, certainly the domain Dark Knight of the Soul was. Right. Ta- I'm sure there's a cue. I don't even know if I checked. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, Dark Knight of the Soul Fest. Okay. And then. I guess I guess people want to find out more about the bands or any of the acts or whatever. Yeah, so that's, there's that's yeah. all through the website as yes. well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And buy the tickets in advance. And buy the tickets in advance. Yeah. The, <laughs> um, any other things you have? It sounds like you have a lot of stuff going on. Is yeah. there more stuff you have going on that you want people to know about? I mean, get out there. when it involves the festival, not not really. Uh, depending on <laughs> you're like that's how it's received and kind of how many people show up there's also other than just the yearly event there's you know we threw the kind of little one-off show back in september at volcanic uh-huh. too that um we kind of just threw um the festival's name out there as as like uh somebody that was hosting the show um and it, i mean if the if the turnout to this festival and the the need for we feel like there's a there's a need that's like, hey, let's do events around this thing more than just once a year. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that uh, that would be great too. Okay. We kind of we kind of have other little plans and scribbles and notes written down in our back pocket for should that be the case. <laughs> right, then like, right. should we try and launch this thing then too? And this, so there's kind of a slew of stuff that could be born out of the. That's cool. The, yeah. Well, any um. Instagram tags yeah, or things I, that you want to point people to? I think for all our social, for Facebook and Instagram, it's I think it's all Dark Night of the Soul Fest. Okay. So I think it's the same as the website. Okay, great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, right. and so and the, <clears throat> the event is up on Facebook too. Okay. Which it has all the information there, and then it also has links to the site to buy tickets and... Um, okay. Same thing with Instagram. If you go, you get that one little tiny link in your bio. And you get one <laughs> one click from somebody, but then if you click on that, it pops up this thing, which gives you options okay. to go buy tickets, to go look at resources, to go find info about the festival. And, cool. Yeah. So Eli and Force Ghost Kevin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah I can't wait. It's my like, pleasure. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the festival. It's, it's me. Can't wait. Me too. I'm all kinds of things about it. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. Yeah. It's totally. great to have you on the show. Thanks. So, it was a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. The Call to Create with host Charlie Teal is presented by Ghost Village Films and captured at Open Space Event Studio in Bend, Oregon. Subscribe and follow on YouTube, iTunes, and thecalltocreate.com.